If the Denver Broncos choose to go the quarterback route in NFL free agency, Jameis Winston could find himself reuniting with Sean Payton. We'll break it all down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome to a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Special shout out to everybody who makes us your first listen of the day every single day. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there in Broncos country. You can get Locked On Broncos for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Do us a favor. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe or that follow button down below so you never miss out on what's going on with your favorite team all throughout what is expected to be a roller coaster offseason once again for the Broncos. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more, and right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. Sarah, reunited, and it feels so good. That could be the theme here for the Broncos this offseason, as Jameis Winston could be one of Denver's top options in NFL free agency if they decide to go that route to address quarterback for this upcoming season. And it's a fascinating potential reunion because Jameis Winston, Cody, the former number one overall pick of the 2015 NFL draft, the former Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, look, hey, Broncos fans out there, we got to understand something. This team has never won a Super Bowl when they didn't have a number one overall pick at the quarterback position. So a couple of former number one overall picks, and we'll talk about a couple of them today on this episode. But let's start with Jameis Winston because he has that history, that relationship equity with Sean Payton. Remember, at the tail end of Drew Brees' career there in New Orleans, there was a lot of rumors almost every year in the NFL draft. Sean Payton and the Saints, are they going to trade up for somebody this year? I mean, they really like Patrick Mahomes. They really like X, Y, or Z. Ultimately, Payton ended up going with the kind of reclamation project routes a couple of times, didn't he? I mean, first the trade for former Bronco Teddy Bridgewater a handful of years ago. Uh, the Saints made that trade with the Jets in the preseason, I believe, Cody, for a third-round pick. So they they really liked what they saw from him. But then the Jameis Winston thing came along right after he threw 30 interceptions in his final year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he goes to New Orleans. He sits for a year behind Drew Brees and gets the opportunity to start in 2021. Guy was on a pretty big-time pace that season, right? I mean... He only played six games and change, but was on pace for almost 50 touchdown passes that year. So before the ACL injury, looking really good after the ACL injury, Cody, we didn't really see Jameis rebound with the New Orleans Saints. He didn't become the full-time starter again there. So does Sean Payton still believe there's something there? He's going to be 30 years old this coming season. I think this is a, a interesting option for the Broncos, but maybe not with the most potential over the longer term. Well, he also threw 30 touchdowns in his final season in Tampa Bay as well. So 30-30, it kind of balanced everything out. But you talk about Jameis and where he was at really coming in. I mean, could have been maybe the comeback player of the year. You based on it on the criteria, like I think Geno Smith reset that. But if you look at the criteria of a guy who performed really badly, but then found a good environment. And this is why I bang home the emphasis on environment, environment, environment. 
Jameis Winston went to a far better environment in New Orleans than he had in Tampa Bay. Now, in Tampa Bay, he did have some really good weapons. I'm not trying to discount that, but the overall environment around Jameis was sustainable, I think, to play to what his strengths were. And obviously, we saw him beat Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was a big thing there. And then the injuries you happen. Part of me wonders, is the Jameis Winston injury in New Orleans the reason that Sean's like, look, I got to step away. This Ian Book guy or whoever else they brought in during that time, not what you wanted to have happen overall. And so, you know, stepping away. But he comes to a situation, Joe Lombardi, Pete Carmichael, now a senior offensive assistant with the Broncos. If Denver goes this round, you and I talked about on another episode I think we're both in agreement. We both feel like personally, if it were up to us, Denver should look in the NFL draft, but there's a possibility that they don't do that. If they look in free agency, I mean, Jameis makes the most sense from a familiarity standpoint, from knowing maybe how Sean wants things run from an offensive standpoint. And does the Broncos have something in place where you look at the foundation of them that maybe can help a guy like Jameis Winston find even more success here going forward? That's a great question. Yeah, it really is because the Broncos have a pretty good offensive line. They've got some weapons, but we're also kind of not sure who's going to be there. When we've talked in previous episodes about the uncertainty with, is Cortland Sutton going to be traded? Is Jerry Judy going to be traded? Will Tim Patrick get released? Is Greg Dulcich going to be able to play in year three? So there are some questions about the surrounding talent, but in terms of the coaching infrastructure, I think that's kind of what leads us to, to think of Jameis Winston first and foremost in free agency. Talking about a guy who's not going to break the bank. He's going to be looking for opportunity. Familiarity is always, always, always a major key when it comes to free agency. And so with him being able to step into an environment like that and have an opportunity to actually start, like we don't know what the Broncos are going to be able to do in the draft. We don't know if the quarterback that they end up loving or if they even if they do end up loving a quarterback, if that guy is going to be available to them. So for from Jameis Winston's perspective, you got to be looking at this as, all I got to do is go in and beat Jarrett Stidham, who's started all of what, you know, six, seven games in the NFL or something like that. So that would be a very appealing option if I'm Jameis Winston, 30 years old. You take a one or two year deal in Denver. Look, Cody, I'm 34 this year, right? Obviously, I'm going to be 35 in November. Like, Jameis, you could still do this, my guy. You're going to be 30. Let's go. Go play some good NFL football. Hopefully, better days are still ahead for him. We saw that in New Orleans. I know that was three seasons ago now at this point coming up this year. But even though it was three seasons ago, I think what he, the, the corner that he turned as a decision maker in efficiency and accuracy, ball placement, all those different things, even though it was a smaller sample, we saw Jameis turn that corner. And I'm not trying to be a, a salesman for Jameis Winston here. I'm not saying he's going to be the savior of the Broncos franchise, but I think in just in terms of it being a financially smart move for the team, I think in terms of him being a, a former number one overall pick, very charismatic guy, obviously a somewhat controversial guy, as we saw in the final game of the regular season, overriding Dennis Allen's play call and saying, no, we're going to get Jamal Williams a touchdown there. I think there's there's some controversy with Jameis, but also he just seems like the kind of guy that could maybe thrive in an environment like Denver. Kind of just like he's not playing for a ton uh, in terms of you're not going to give him fifteen million dollars. So it's kind of like you're you're picking a guy up to play with some house money there. I like the idea of Jameis Winston as a as Sean Payton called it at Super Bowl Media Week, a hold down the fort kind of addition at the quarterback position. Part of me wonders if that is where Denver is truly heading from a, maybe a vision standpoint for 2024, considering that we all know the Russell Wilson decision is coming up 
that's going to have ripple effects just beyond QB. It's going to have ripple effects and impact the entire team. It's going to impact coaching, what you maybe can do from an offensive standpoint. What does it change for the rest of the guys in the offense if there is a new quarterback under center? These are questions that we're going to continue to have here in the offseason. And look, if the Broncos do reunite with Jameis Winston, want to bring on our good friend Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints podcast, to dive deeper into what Jameis brings to the table because of his experience being able to cover and be in the locker room and talking to Jameis Winston. I think that would add some great insight if that were the move to give maybe Broncos fans some idea about it. But I do think that Denver fans would not be happy if they go with the bridge free agent quarterback route. But this is a possibility as we look at Denver, who's expressed wave two, wave three of NFL free agency. They're probably going to be more active in that versus wave one, which I think Jameis Winston, you look at it, is a wave two type of free agent acquisition if that were the case. There's another quarterback on this list as well that has some ties here to members on the Broncos coaching staff. What might Sam Darnold bring to the table if he's an option for the Broncos this offseason? You're going to get that here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. This show was brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp, folks. And sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today I want to tell you how I really feel about something. And you might even be thinking about the same exact thing. Life is difficult. Life throws curveballs, punches left and right. And sometimes we don't have the answer on how to respond to it. We go through things that maybe we don't always, not everybody should go through. That's where therapy can come in and help because it can connect you with the tools and resources to help know yourself better or to find better solutions on how to deal with some of the things that we simply don't have the answer for. I've utilized BetterHelp therapy before in the past, especially when I first made the move to Denver and jumped into a new career. Fast paced. There were a lot of changes going on in my life. And I was overwhelmed. I had a lot of anxiety. I was stressed. BetterHelp helped me figure out some solutions. And I matched with a therapist really easily by filling out a form. I vibed well with my therapist. But if you don't vibe with yours, you can change therapists at any time. That's one thing I really like about BetterHelp. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. And it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Historically speaking, one team's trash is Sean Payton's treasure. Cody, over the course of history, dating back to his time with the Giants, you'd go Kerry Collins, a, a discarded player, and, and Tony Romo, an undrafted free agent, all the way to Drew Brees, discarded by the Chargers, Teddy Bridgewater, let go by the Vikings and traded by the Jets, and then Jameis Winston, cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So many examples could ultimately lead to Sam Darnold being the next discarded quarterback a reclamation project for Sean Payton. We're going to break down why we think Sam Darnold could be maybe the most in interesting free agent fit for the Denver Broncos, maybe the best long-term project for the team. Today's episode, Locked On Broncos. And we want to say thank you to every single one of you that listens to the show every single day, free and available everywhere that you get podcasts, as well as you can watch the show for free on YouTube and let us know your thoughts. Do you like Baker Mayfield? Do you like Jameis Winston? Do you like Sam Darnold? Who do you like in this year's free agency class? There might even be someone out there, Cody, that likes Ryan Tannehill as an option for the dinner. No matter who you like, we want to hear from you. We want to know what your thoughts are, especially as we dive into some of these names who have ties that bind in Denver. Sam Darnold, Cody, 
the number three overall pick of the 2018 NFL draft, a guy that Broncos country was very high on coming out of that 2018 class. But unfortunately, the Jets jumped over the Broncos in that particular draft class. They traded up that year. They get Sam Darnold. He kind of becomes what I would consider to be a bust. I mean, quite frankly, for the Jets, goes in place for the Carolina Panthers. Broncos saw firsthand when he was with the Panthers back in 2022, Cody, some of the improvements that he's made. But he basically took a redshirt year last year with the San Francisco 49ers. What's been your perception of Sam Darnold in throughout his time in the NFL? I mean, have you did you like him coming out of the draft? What are your thoughts about what you've seen from him? I know there's always the joke about him, you know, seeing the ghosts out there on the field when he's running away, you know, from nobody in the pocket. But man, I feel like this is a guy who kind of just got thrown into a really terrible situation as a young player. What's your perception of him as an NFL player dating back to, I guess, now almost six years ago? Yeah, you know, I liked Sam, but, I, you know, I think uh, alongside everybody else, everybody wanted Baker Mayfield in Denver, I think, for the most part in that 2020, I mean, 2018 NFL draft class. The one thing I remember about Sam Darnold, especially his rookie season, when he absolutely lit up the Denver Broncos, he and Robbie Anderson torched them. I think Robbie had over 200 yards receiving in that game. It was an ugly day for the Broncos. Uh, you know, I think for Sam, though, you're right. He goes to an environment in New York, which, look, I – think this speaks for itself. Look, they've even tried to go with the Aaron Rodgers route as of late. But New York's also been in a position for years where they really haven't been able to address quarterback. And I don't think they've been able to put a good enough environment around the quarterbacks that they have had there. Now, I think it's a little different here today. But Sam Darnold didn't get that luxury with the Jets. And when you talk about changes in coaching staff, I think it was an opportunity for him to reinvent himself this year in San Francisco. If I'm not mistaken, I think Brian Greasy, during Radio Row throughout the week, building up to the Super Bowl, had talked about how Sam really wanted to come in and wanted to learn the Shinahan offense and to be able to be in a system that maybe plays to his strengths a little bit. And we got to see a little bit of him inside the preseason. And he led a, a little bit of a comeback victory against the Broncos in that game as a member of the 49ers dishing and diming late in that third and fourth quarter. But to me... This isn't the move that inspires a lot of confidence, I think, with where Denver's at, right? There's a lot of pressure on Sean Payton. Greg Penner has said, look, Denver had eight wins this past season. He wants them to have more next year. I don't know, and I don't have conviction right now internally, Sarah, to think that Sam Darnold's a guy that's going to come in and give the Broncos 9, 10, 11 wins in a season. It could happen. I just don't have a lot of confidence in it. I, I think that's fair to say. But I also, I'm kind of like one of those guys that, Cody, when I have a – a pre-draft crush on a quarterback. It's hard for that crush to just die until that guy's out of the NFL or something like that. You know, I, I had a pre-draft crush on Sam Darnold. I remember at the time there was even some comparisons to Jameis Winston for his kind of recklessness with the football at times there at USC. But when, when you look at Sam Darnold, I, I see a guy that has, so much physical talent. I mean, that game that you reference of him against the Denver Broncos, I remember multiple times against the Broncos, we saw Sam Darnold, like, uh, was running out there like he was Michael Vick circa 2004 or something like that, not only beating the Broncos with his arm, but with his legs. And of course, those, that's a very small sample, just Sam Darnold's examples against the Denver Broncos. But I feel like the way that Sean Payton approaches things, we saw with Jarrett Stidham last year in free agency, I think, again, this year, Sam Darnold is exactly the type of guy that I think he could look at and say, all right, this guy is 26 going on 27, 
former third overall pick in the NFL draft, just got a chance to kind of have a red shirt year with Kyle Shanahan, Brian Greasy out there in San Francisco, working with a really great team, a great organization. Can he come in and be that starter? Can he come in and be that playmaker and take care of the football? Because we know Sean Payton wants these guys to obviously take care of the football, but you got to get the ball out quick. You got to have that rhythm and timing. You got to be able to attack every level of the field, middle and outside. This is a, a situation where the risk involved is maybe the highest of any of the guys we're going to talk about because you, if you bring in Sam Donald to potentially start for you, man, you could crash and burn, which is I think where you're coming from on the other side of it. The upside is, could you get a guy that could finally live up to his potential? I mean, that seems weird to say being that he's been in the NFL now for going on six seasons. Sam Donald to me still has untapped potential that he could some coach Sean Payton maybe could get the best out of him still now that he's, you know, leaving the San Francisco 49ers in free agency. I was going to say, could Sam Donald maybe have a Geno Smith like trajectory, leave New York, go find success. Also, I mean, it's certainly possible. I think in this situation, I, there's also some ties on the coaching staff as well. But one thing I wanted to mention about Sam, and, and this is a question more so that, it's not just quarterback related, but it's if the offense is going to find success. And let's say Sam's the guy under center. If Denver can't run the football, what's that going to do for a guy like Sam? What's that going to mean? Because we saw that this past season in Denver, even with Russell Wilson under center. Look, Russ had one of his better years. He had a really good bounce back year from a touchdown to interception ratio. But a lack of run game made it very difficult for them to have sustained success. And that is a huge question mark that's on Sean Payton so can Sean Payton rectify that situation itself I think is very interesting but you know you mentioned the ties that bind his time at USC there was a connection to Kerry Colbert who's the team's wide receiver coach he was an assistant coach there while Darnold was there and then obviously the Broncos quarterback coach Davis Webb there's an interesting connection there as well yeah, he was teammates with Darnold back in 2018 and for quite a while, actually. So Davis Webb made it to the practice squad with the Jets in 2018, didn't get let go until roster cuts in the 2019 season. So there's a pretty lengthy history there of those guys being in the same room, the same office, you know, having conversations every single day. And we know that Davis Webb has kind of been a coach off the field for a long time now. That was that was part of the, the hype that made him such an interesting fit for the Broncos in that role. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go into – it kind of surprises me, honestly, Cody, that they didn't try to get Sam Darnold last year, but maybe Darnold was trying to go, like you said, go learn the Shanahan offense. Kind of – we've seen how a lot of times quarterbacks that go work for Shanahan or one of his disciples, they kind of end up finding a way after they leave those situations, like Baker Mayfield going and playing for Sean McVay, a great example – so maybe Sam Darnold wanted to rehab his value in that way as opposed to, I know for sure that I'm backing up Russell Wilson this year, and I'm not exactly sure of that situation going forward, what they could be doing there. Now the situation is very different with Russell Wilson potentially on the way out. So I think those ties that bind could come into play here in the 2024 offseason. Well, and the Broncos have done a lot of business with the 49ers in the last few years. We talk about the trade for Jonas Griffith. You obviously talk about signing DJ Jones, Kwan Williams, getting Mike McGlinchey last year in free agency. So I think that pipeline connection is uh, very, very open here. We'll see what the Broncos decide to do. But Broncos country, how would you feel if Sam Darnold was the quarterback under center for the Broncos? Let us know. One thing you are going to dive deep into, probably one of the more intriguing names here in NFL free agency, Baker Mayfield, set to become a free agent. 
Sean Payton likes him. We'll tell you why that could be the best fit for the Broncos here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. And FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. NBA season is ongoing right now. Everyone's coming out of the all-star break. And FanDuel is the perfect place to get buckets with your first bet. Because right now, new customers, they get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. So if you go on and sign up to FanDuel here today as a new customer and you place a $5 bet and that bet wins, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. As the NBA season pushes forth, you have the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. Every team is vying for a spot for favorable seating positions. You know me, I'm a Denver Nuggets guy. So for Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, can they make a run here in the second half as they are dealing with a lot of young guys off the bench in their rotation? Obviously, Jokic is going to do what he does. If you want to put money down on him getting a triple-double, that's probably a safe bet to do. Almost every single game that you can think of that the Nuggets do decide to play, you can do that all on FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Baker Mayfield might just be the best option here for Broncos head coach Sean Payton as he looks to try to turn things around in his second season as the head man of the organization. What will factor into this? I mean, this is something we're going to break down here on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos real quick. We just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country, all the everydayers out there for making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, we appreciate you so much for making us part of what you do, whether you're listening to us on the road, whether you listen to us when you're at the gym working out. Thank you so much. Sarah, my friend, Baker Mayfield, probably the more polarizing name when we talk about free agent quarterback options. Obviously, a great kind of reclamation season for him in Tampa Bay. Got them to the playoffs. Like Tampa Bay, for one portion of the season, I felt like you could say, like, all right, they're not going to make it to the postseason and then down the stretch, Baker Mayfield just started putting together some really tough performances. And he did one thing too, right? You hear it all the time, quarterbacks with height issues, and they can't throw the middle of the field. I watched a lot of the Tampa Bay's games, and I'll tell you what, Sarah, I saw Baker throwing the middle of the field, throwing the short to intermediate stuff very effectively. And that is something that Sean Payton has expressed that he wants in terms of processing. He wants it out of his next quarterback. He also happened to name drop Baker Mayfield during Radio Row leading up to the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of intrigue about Baker, but he, in my opinion, would probably be a tier one, like wave one free agency move, which if Denver says they're not going to be in that, does that disqualify them from Baker possibly? I think it could, right? I mean, even if Sean Payton is name dropping guys, which we've seen him do in the past as well, and I think he would have genuine interest in Baker Mayfield. I really do. I think dating back to the 2018 NFL draft, there's articles that you can read out there that Sean Payton speaks highly of him. So to me, Cody, it does come down to whether or not the Broncos can make those financials work on their five-year salary cap table, right? It's not just about 2024 either but if the Broncos believe that Baker Mayfield can be the franchise quarterback like that changes the discussion because you can always manipulate salary cap hits year over year you can do guaranteed money a certain way you can structure contracts in such a way that look Baker might count for four million against the cap this year he might count for eight million against next year's cap and then it skyrockets up to 45 or something the year after that there's ways that you can adjust things to be able to fit your salary cap and what you want to do there. So 
for Broncos fans out there, Cody, one of the common things that I hear anytime any player is suggested in free agency, it's like, oh, the Broncos can't do that. They don't have any money. Well, first of all, that's not true. You've got the richest owners in American pro sports, first of all. But second of all, Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints over the course of their history, especially in recent years, have become become experts at kicking the can down the road, the proverbial can. They've been experts at manipulating the salary cap. So when it comes to an idea like Baker Mayfield, I wouldn't write it off as, you know, the only reason you may write it off, Cody, is because he could get franchise tagged by the Buccaneers. If that happens, all right, you're not going to trade for Mayfield. He's obviously not going anywhere, things like that. But if he hits free agency, there are ways to make it work if both sides are motivated to make it happen. Well, I think another thing as well, the Broncos have seen Baker in person, like Baker lit him up on Christmas Day. It's a game that we will never forget, unfortunately. Now, times are a little different. Nathaniel Hackett was the head coach for the Broncos. We've seen an embarrassing performance like that, unfortunately, by the Broncos under Sean Payton against the Miami Dolphins. So Baker's a guy, and, and I don't think that Denver, when he was initially released by Cleveland, Denver didn't put in a claim on him, which also prompted Broncos country to be angry. I feel like Baker, if Denver's going the free agency route this offseason, Baker's probably going to be the top priority or the top well, like most discussed name amongst Broncos country. I think they'd be more in favor of than the Sam Darnolds or maybe even the Jameis Winston's. I think there's going to be split there. But the question is, like, I feel like Baker could operate this type of offense that Sean wants to run to a T. Now I want to get back to it as well. I think this is important. You need to have a run game. Now, I think what Baker did in Cleveland, he led them to a playoff game. And I think he was kind of the fall guy for what happened there, there under with Kevin Stefanski. And he got a bad rap there. And so now it's like, all right, well, he got a bad rap because of Cleveland. In my opinion, I think he was a big reason why Cleveland was successful with the guys that they had. But now he's kind of repaired his image, goes to Tampa Bay, leads them to the postseason, as we mentioned. And now he's kind of sit primed. I was reading something as well, and I'll have to check out the Locked On Bucks podcast to maybe get a little more insight into this. But obviously, Mike Mike Evans is going to be a free agent for them this year. And I know they were talking about different franchise tag candidates. I don't think that Baker's going to be a franchise tag guy for them. So that opens things up for teams to bid for his services. I'm very, very curious how the Broncos feel about him. But then we even talked about the ties of bind. But you, you mentioned something in the show script that I feel like would be a little interesting. You talk about stories here. Could there be a deal breaker here for Baker Mayfield coming to Denver with Davis Webb as the quarterback coach? Yeah, let's talk about some juicy college drama that happened over 10 years ago, right? I mean, Baker Mayfield, the story on him is is crazy, right? He walked on, became the starter at Texas Tech, transfers to Oklahoma, wins the Heisman, becomes the number one pick. Now he's winning playoff games. The, the interesting factor about one of the early portions of that story, back when Baker Mayfield was at Texas Tech as a walk-on, he was competing with current Denver Broncos quarterbacks coach Davis Webb at the time. Davis Webb was a three-star recruit back in 2013. He was supposed to be a starter as a true freshman for the Texas Tech team. And there's an interesting story that, that Baker Mayfield told six years ago after he was drafted because they played Davis Webb in his first ever preseason game. He recounted the story where Davis Webb, you know, that starts sprinkling at practice. Davis Webb asks him to go get a towel and he kind of looks at him like, what are you talking about? Get you a towel. You know, he's like, I'm a quarterback. You're a quarterback. I'm not the towel guy. I'm not the equipment guy. And he took it as a major sign of disrespect. And even uh, a strength and conditioning coach apparently told Davis Webb, are you going to let a walk on talk to you like that when Baker refused to go get him a towel? 
uh, that whole situation, he recounted the story as though it had happened days earlier. So you can't help but wonder, <laughs> is it is that like a grudge that he's still holding today? I mean, I know it was 11 years ago. Could that be a make or break back? You would obviously hope not. And we're talking about millions of dollars. We're talking about Baker potentially being able to be the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. You would hope that they, those guys could bury the hatchet and work together now that they're both professionals. But at the same time, weirder things probably, Cody, have prevented teams from being able to sign players in free agency in the past. Well, that's an interesting story there. And look, the Broncos, they're going to have to address quarterback one way or the other, whether it's going to be here in free agency this year, whether it's going to be the NFL draft. I feel like these are probably the top three names. If the Broncos go the free agency route where we talk about Baker, Sam, and obviously Jameis that make the most sense for Sean Payton. That makes sense for where Denver is at. And it's the far more appealing option, in my opinion, and no disrespect to him than Jarrett Stidham. At this point, there's not a lot of confidence being inspired by Jarrett Stidham leading the Broncos into 2024. It's got to be Jameis, Sam Darnold, or Baker if they're going to go with somebody outside of the market here. Broncos country, if you had to choose between any of the three, let us know who it is. Or if we miss somebody, you think somebody else that's going to be a free agent quarterback should be considered, let us know as well. We're going to continue our free agency previews. We look at every position that the Broncos may have a need at. Biggest question marks, and we'll look at who are some tier two, tier three, maybe even sprinkling, maybe a, a rare tier one possibility for the Broncos as free agency approaches on March 13th. Tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we're going to focus on the running back position with Javante Williams looking to have a bounce back year. Is that going to be enough or are the Broncos going to look out and bring in somebody else to compete or to help supplement the production at that position? We'll look at running backs in free agency on tomorrow's brand new episode of the show.